now in session, please stand. The opening prayer will be given by Captain William R. McClinley, the second senior of Croc Center Salvation Army. And please remain standing for this for the Pledge of Allegiance. Welcome. Dear Al Almighty God, we thank you for the many blessings you have given to us, the creator, preserver, and of all things. We ask that you be over our elect officials, that you would grant them wisdom and guidance in all matters. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. Clerk, please call the roll. Ms. Graves? Here. Ms. Johnson? Here. Ms. McClellan? Here. Mr. Riddick? Here. Mr. Smeagle? Here. Mr. Thomas? Here. Dr. Wibley? Here. Mr. Alexander? Here. The motion is dispensed with the reading of the minutes of our previous meeting. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clerk, please read the resolution certifying the closed meeting. A resolution certifying a closed meeting of the Council of the City of Norfolk held in accordance with the provisions of the Virginia Freedom of Information Act. Adopt the resolution. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Uh, good evening. For the benefit of those who do not regularly attend our City Council meetings, our procedure is to first take up ceremony items. Next, we'll take up public hearings, then the consent agenda, which will be voted on in the block. If any member of the council or the public <coughs> wishes to discuss an item, it will be moved from the consent agenda and considered separately. Following the consent agenda, we'll take up our regular agenda items in order as they appear on the docket. Upon the completion of the agenda, we'll take up any new business to come before the council. To address the council, you should have registered with the clerk prior to 7 p.m. outside of the council chamber. When your name is called, please come to the podium, state your name, and please limit your comments to three minutes. Mr. Clark, motion is to continue PH1 till December 12, 2017. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH2? Public hearing two scheduled for this day under state law to hear comments on changes to the Norfolk City Charter as follows. The amendment of section 62 removing provisions authorizing the fire chief to order buildings that are hazardous and likely to communicate fire to other buildings to be torn down and requiring compensation for persons affected to the amendment of section 10.1 of the charter providing for the council's appointment rather than election of the city manager, city attorney, city clerk, city auditor, and high constable and removing the requirement of a voice vote of council when appointing them and three, the amendment of section 16 of the charter removing the requirements of the publication of the titles of past ordinances and resolutions. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. I have three uh, resolutions for this item, Mr. Mayor. The first is a resolution expressing the support of the City Council for a proposed amendment to the Norfolk City Charter, Section 62, regarding the Fire Chief's authority to tear down a building, building that is hazardous and likely to communicate fire to other buildings. Adopt the resolution, Ms. Graves. Aye. Ms. Johnson. Aye. Ms. McClellan. Aye. Mr. Riddick. Aye. Mr. Smeagle. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Dr. Wibley. Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Second is a resolution expressing support of council for a proposed amendment to City Charter Section 10.1 regarding council's appointment of and voting upon candidates for charter offices. Adopt the resolution, Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. And the third is a resolution expressing support of council for a proposed amendment to the City Charter Section 16 regarding the duty to publish after its passage every ordinance by title in a newspaper. Adopt the resolution. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH3. Public hearing three scheduled for this day to hear comments approving the lease agreement with Norfolk State University Research and Innovation Foundation Incorporated for the lease of city-owned property at 520 East Main Street. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. I would like to acknowledge the president of Dr. Stacy Jones from Norfolk State University 
And Mr. Crosdeld, if you would like to make any comments before we vote, we certainly welcome both of you. <coughs> welcome, Dr. Jones, Hi. Provost. Yes, thank and you. Vice President of Academic Affairs, Norfolk State University, welcome. Thank you and good evening. Um, I'm here in support of PH3, uh, which is the approval of the lease uh, with Norfolk State University Research and Innovation Foundation, which is our research and innovation arm. Uh, the intent of the space, uh, the city-owned property located at 520 East Main Street, will be an extension of Norfolk State University, um, certainly to the community and vice versa, but specifically to focus on our tech transfer uh, initiatives and also to provide visibility for the university. So thank you. Thank you. Allow me to speak. Welcome, Mr. Crosdell. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, members of council. Um, I'm Hud Crosdell. I am the executive director of the Research and Innovation Foundation. I'd also like to speak in support of the lease. Um, we have a number of interesting things that we'd like to do in addition to some of the academic programs that Dr. Jones <clears throat> could describe in more detail, but we would also like to reach out and have had discussions with Norfolk Development and other uh, interested parties here in the city to talk about some of the ways that we can support through our research efforts and technology uh, agenda, some of the efforts of the city in uh, integrating technology into the business of government. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Clerk, call the roll. I have an ordinance approving the lease agreement with Norfolk State University Research and Innovation Foundation Incorporated for the lease of city-owned property at 520 East Main Street. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt Ms. Graves. Aye. Ms. Johnson. Aye. Ms. McClellan. Heartily, I am very interested in the innovation and tech transfer uh, with Norfolk State. Hopefully you can help us with some of our civic tech and smart cities initiatives at the city level too. Thank you. Aye. Mr. Riddick. Aye. Mr. Smeagle. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Dr. Wibley. Aye. Mr. Alexander. Aye. Mr. Clerk, C1, C2, we will be voted on in a block. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinances and approve the consent agenda. Ms. Graves. Aye. Ms. Johnson. Aye. Ms. McClellan. Aye. Mr. Riddick. Aye. Mr. Smeagle. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Dr. Wibley. Aye. Mr. Alexander. Aye. Um, Mr. Clerk, R1. R1 is an ordinance accepting the bid submitted by Virginia Natural Gas and granting the said company four long-term easements for a term of 40 years and related temporary construction easements for a term of up to one year across various city properties in conjunction with the construction, installation, maintenance, and replacement of multiple natural gas lines subject to certain terms and conditions. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Clerk. Uh, Mr. Smith, do we need to have a uh, staff to do another presentation or go right into the... Uh, good idea. Good idea. All right, Ms. Good idea. Mary, yeah, I think it might be helpful. And, and so I, I think it may be as easy. And if you want to um, show something up, we had something in the work session a few minutes ago. Uh, Frida Burns, who's our right-of-way uh, coordinator, uh, got up and spoke. And just to be clear, what we're doing tonight with Virginia Natural Gas is actually connecting a piece of their system. And it is, um, it is a separate piece from the uh, Atlantic Pipeline that we talked about last week so that they're unrelated. What, we're, what BNG is trying to do is create a loop that allows um, our city to have redundant uh, supply of gas. So the two things are, are separate items, and, and I know there was some confusion about that. Thank you. All right, the uh, first person uh, that have signed up to speak is uh, Les Flora. Welcome. Good evening. Uh, my name is Les Flora. I reside at 111 Green Spring Drive in Suffolk, Virginia, and I'm here tonight representing Virginia Natural Gas as the project manager for the Southside Connector Distribution Project. Um, first of all, we'd like to thank the, thank the members of City Council for considering our easement request. Um, Virginia Natural Gas is your natural gas distribution company. Uh, our beginnings go all the way back to 1849 with the first gas light service provided to the city of Norfolk. Since that time, we've continued to grow with Norfolk. Uh, today, we safely serve more than 46,000 customers in the city boundary uh, and nearly 300,000 customers system-wide. The Southside Connector Project is critical infrastructure for our distribution system. The function of this pipeline is to connect the two independent sources of gas supply that currently flow into our region. And as a result, this will increase the reliability of service to all VNG customers, 
Uh, it will stabilize gas prices for all VNG customers, uh, and it will help support economic development for the entire region. Uh, we'd like to thank the City Right-of-Way Department, uh, Utilities Department, and Public Works staff for working with us over the last year on an alignment that will minimize the construction impact to both residents and businesses within the city, and it also respects the vision for future development uh, planned for the city. Uh, thank you so much for your consideration for this important infrastructure project. Thank you. Ruth Emerson. My name is Ruth McElroy Amundsen, uh, 5614 Shenandoah Avenue, Norfolk resident. And I'd like to first apologize for going over my allotted time last week. I didn't understand the buzzer system. Um, I urge you to vote against these easements for the south side connector. I understand upgrading aging infrastructure, but this is a new line, which according to the VNG site, is to transport more of the gas supply available from northern region into Southampton roads. And it also seems like it's being rushed, and we've heard of residents who's had their trees cut down on their property when this hasn't yet been approved. But I think new pipelines, particularly ones that would connect to the ACP, and when we've called Virginia Natural Gas, we've been told that when the ACP is built, this will transport uh, ACP gas. So I do think it's related. Um, but I think new pipelines are unwise and unneeded because residential gas use is already flat, and we can cut it. We can cut it substantially. Um, the city could cut gas use in municipal buildings with a serious effort um, toward energy efficiency. And we could do things like go to the Hampton Roads Community Foundation and ask for grants to really cut uh, gas use in low-income neighborhoods by weather stripping and insulating their houses and upgrading HVAC, putting in heat pumps, et cetera. And to me, we should cut gas use the maximum amount possible before we add a new gas line. And I don't... Norfolk has made a lot of great strides, but I don't think we've yet made a serious effort to cut carbon and to cut gas use. Um, I also see an issue with how this is being done. If this line had been proposed to run through Lakewood or Larchmont, I don't think it would have gotten this far. I, I think the fact that it's going through predominantly low-income minority neighborhoods is a factor in it sliding through. And many reports point to the increased health risks for minorities because they are more likely to live next to fossil fuel infrastructure. And as I understand it, there's many residents, both in Norfolk and Chesapeake, who don't yet really understand what's being proposed and why and what the impact is on them. So at the very least, I think a decision on this could wait until our, all parties have a full understanding as to what's being done and why. And if we're going to make a serious effort in Norfolk to cut carbon, we could wait to see how much impact that has before we add a whole new 24-inch pipeline of gas coming in 24-7. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mary Earhart. Good evening. Good evening. I'm Mary Earhart, uh, 226 East 42nd Street, Norfolk. I'd like to ask if anyone from Norfolk has looked at why Virginia Natural Gas really needs another 24-inch new pipeline into Norfolk when gas use is flat. 40-year easements for something that we may not need now and certainly won't need in 20 years are not wise. Virginia Natural Gas has a vested interest, profit, in selling more gas, so taking their word that this new pipeline is needed might not be wise. Norfolk is the poster child on the front lines of climate change and sea level rise. The last thing we need is a pipeline full of gas that will contribute to global warming and sea level rise. Despite the claims that it is not related to the ACP, I believe it does end up at the same generation station as the ACP. And Virginia Natural Gas folks say that after the Atlantic Coast Pipeline is built, this line will carry ACP gas. So it will be something used to justify the ACP. Thank you all for your time. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you. Catherine Kildoff. Hello. I'm Catherine Ware Kilduff, and I reside at 537 Pembroke Avenue, Norfolk, Virginia. And I was here last week to talk 
about my concerns with climate change and sea level rise, particularly at my residence. Um, and I mentioned that in my lifetime, sea level has risen eight inches, and the vast majority of that is due to climate change and greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and I understand what's been said about this line having independent utility apart from the Atlantic Coast Pipeline, but it really doesn't have that utility if we're moving away from fossil fuel products. Um, I brought a couple of references that I'll leave with the clerk tonight, but one of them highlights the health impaces that the Aliso Canyon Porter Ranch leak, which was the biggest natural gas leak, had on the residents in California. This was from October 2015 to February 2016 when they finally capped the methane gas that was leaking. Um, and in these examples that I have, I want to highlight the relationship of the city and the public elected officials to their constituents. Um, in this case, it was LA County prosecutor that had to bring the criminal charges against SoCal gas, and that's an adversarial relationship. When you enter into a lease agreement with a distribution company for a gas line, that's a business relationship. I've seen in the materials that the city's liabilities is capped at $5 million, and I want to just reiterate that you already have a relationship with your constituents to serve in their public benefit, and I don't think that this business relationship with the gas company is um, good for those residents. Um, two, three other articles have to do with cities and county parishes that are actually suing fossil fuel companies because of the impacts of sea level rise on their communities. Um, I have press releases from San Francisco and Oakland that are suing oil and gas companies over costs of climate change in those cities. Louisiana is having coastal ruin problems because of the wetlands that have been taken away due to their business relationships with oil and gas companies. Um, other California communities include Marin and San Mateo counties, the city of Imperial Beach that are going to court um, over the cost of sea level rise. And so before you enter into this business relationship, I want you to evaluate your duties um, to the electorate and the fact that the tide is turning on the moral imperative that we have to distance ourselves from reliance on fossil fuel. Thank you. Thank you. Tess Amoroso. Good evening, everyone. My name is Tess Amoroso, and I live at 179 DuPont Circle, Norfolk. Thank you for allowing me to comment here tonight. It's a tough night to ask people to come to give public service two nights before Thanksgiving. Yet here we are, all of us, Mr. Mayor, City Council, and all the people in this room. We love this city, and we are determined to see it not only survive, but to thrive. The VNG Southside Connector Distribution Line is against the best wishes of the people of Norfolk. It is a long-term investment in a dangerous, methane-producing fossil fuel when climate change is a real threat to our city. And the world is rapidly moving to green energy. It is proposed to be built adjacent to many beautiful homes and neighborhoods, right next to churches and schools. It is dangerous during construction and in its ongoing operations. It is putting predominantly minority neighborhoods at risk. And it is a clear example of environmental racism. It is also threatening at this moment to go under the Elizabeth, Elizabeth River by Harbor Park. This area is an EPA brownfield site, one of the neighborhoods the city is charged with cleaning up after hundreds of years of industrial use. How can drilling in an area like this be considered safe? It cannot be considered safe since it is not safe. In April of this year, a drilling accident occurred in Ohio where 200 million gallons of toxic drilling fluids were spilled into wetlands during construction. The state of Ohio and the company are now in court to cover the cleanup. This happened using the same drilling methods proposed for this project. I ask you, what is the worth of our waters? And how, can we, how confident can we be that accidents will not happen during drilling? In Berkeley, two water main breaks have already occurred, and they were clearly marked. 
please understand this. Please allow this fact to be a guidepost in your decision tonight. And how do I know this fact? I know this from a Berkeley resident who wanted to be here tonight but couldn't because he's delivering Thanksgiving baskets to neighbors with his church tonight. I also know people in the Sunrise Hill community who would have been here as well, except that they have a previous, previously scheduled meeting with Congressman Bobby Scott tonight about this same issue. I know there are many other people who would have liked to be here tonight who have to work or have other obligations two nights before Thanksgiving. So tonight, please know that the people in this room represent a lot more than the number who are here. I want you to remember in our last election, 13 of the 14 delegate seats that turned were backed by a new Virginia progressive coalition. Thank you for coming. That activation has only just started. Remember, we are about electing representatives who actually care about the well-being of people over profits. And also, please remember that we all stand under natural law, which is under a higher authority, Thank and you. which supersedes Thank you, admiralty law, which is made by men. Thank you, happy holidays, and good night, everyone. Ann Creasy. Hello. Hi. <coughs> I was here last week to speak about the natural gas pipeline going under the Lake Prince and the Western Branch Reservoirs. Um, and last week I asked you to deny or reject the bid and deny the easements and I am doing the same tonight. The Southside Connector Pipeline is going through rural, poor and minority areas. We can all deduce the injustice that goes along with poor, rural and minority communities taking the brunt of habitat destruction, pollution and danger associated with fossil fuel development. <coughs> this is environmental racism. And if no institutions resist it, then it is institutional racism. This pipeline is coming very close to people's homes. The risk of explosion is present. Fracked gas is typically described as clean and natural. Those descriptors are arguably false. Here are some reasons why. And there are citations in here that I will pass along. <coughs> the drilling and extraction of natural gas from wells and its transportation in pipelines results in the leakage of methane. Methane is 34 times stronger than CO2 at trapping heat over a 100-year period and 86 times stronger over 20 years. Ozone and particulate matter are byproducts of drilling for natural gas. Both are regulated by the EPA because of their harmful effects on health and the environment. Exposure to elevated levels of these air pollutants can lead to adverse health outcomes, including respiratory symptoms, cardiovascular disease, and cancer. When gas operators clear a site to build pipelines and access roads, the construction process can cause erosion of dirt, minerals, and other harmful pollutants into nearby streams. I feel that it is so important that Norfolk consistently say no to these pipelines. It is critical that coastal areas where sea level rise is most immediately felt say no to fossil fuel infrastructure. We need your help to build a narrative that communities impacted by climate change will fight to protect its people. I understand your position is a tough one. I understand that your community is asking you to say no when your state and federal governments have said yes so many times so far to projects similar to these. The decisions you are making now are going to be historical ones, and I hope that you can help the record show that people do not want these pipelines People do not want to ignore climate change until it is too late. This is our home. Please help us protect it, reject the bid, and deny the easements. Thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you. Ralph Scovitas. Ralph. My name is Ralph. I live on 38th Street in Norfolk. Okay. I've lived here in Norfolk for five years. I've helped start several community gardens, 
created some popular zines and helped get food to the people. <clears throat> I'm saying these things to show that my passions are diverse and I'm not here because I would benefit financially from my position. I'm here because I cannot remain silent while this matter is up for discussion, and I ask you all to stay awake and alert. These pro-pipeline people claim they're creating jobs, but I haven't heard how many jobs there will be once the destruction of our environment and our neighborhoods is completed. Of course, these men don't want to consider that they endeavor to build a ticking time bomb. I urge you to pay attention to the struggles in North Dakota, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Nebraska, West Virginia, and everywhere else, these energy monopolies are engaging in violence against concerned citizens and nonviolent citizens. We've seen time and again that they will offer a few dollars and then use intimidation and threats to abuse eminent domain, <coughs> robbing people and towns of their land, their water, their health, and their peace of mind. These pipelines, compression stations, and easements are carefully designed to mostly affect marginalized and at-risk people continuing a long tradition of ecological racism, classism, and ageism. As a citizen of Norfolk, I expect my elected officials to be aware of the dangers of fracked gas pipelines and the companies behind their outdated technologies. They have declared war on each of us, and if you roll over for them now, the battle will be passed on to each of us. Thank you. Thank you, Kimberly Williams. Mr. Mayor, um, can you remind the speakers that they're supposed to state their name and their yes. address when they speak, please? Certainly. Thank you. Hello, my name is Kimberly Williams and I live on Bowdoin's Ferry Road in Norfolk. Uh, when private property is threatened with the power of eminent domain, great care and scrutiny needs to be practiced by those entrusted to politically represent citizens of Virginia. In the matter of the Virginia Natural Gas Plans for the Nine Mile Southside Connector Project Pipeline, private property in the Norfolk neighborhood of Berkeley and three neighborhoods in Chesapeake may be seized for in easements to build this gas pipeline. If this happens, the homes in these neighborhoods will most likely depreciate in value, and the devaluations will bring new will bring now vibrant communities to a point of difficulty. They may crumble and decay. Virginia Natural Gas says it does not require state oversight of this project because they are covered by an already existing permitting certificate to conduct business in the area. However, courts may change, may say otherwise. With so many personal properties threatened with imminent domain seizure of easements through private yards, the state needs to practice scrutiny. The State Corporation Commission should have oversight of this project. I encourage the council members <coughs> to, vote, to, to vote no on R1, or at the very least to postpone this vote for another year to see what happens with these, with what will most inevitably go to court from private citizens. And I encourage the council to let Virginia Natural Gas know that it must have state oversight before taking private property for eminent domain. Thank you. Thank you. Edmund Maroney. Good evening. I'm Edmund Maroney, longtime resident of Norfolk. I thank you for your attention this evening. I'm here tonight to express my opposition to granting permission for the easement for the pipeline. I would have numerous reasons for my opposition, mostly of them, most of them would be environmental. However, tonight, I am speaking from an economical position. I was at a rally against the pipeline the other day, and one of the remarks, uh, well, there was a re rhetorical question that struck me. Uh, and that rhetorical question was, if we were still living in the day of the typewriter, would we keep on investing our money in the typewriter when the computer came onto the market? 
And I think most people would say not. The same applies with fossil fuels. Fossil fuels do not have much of a future. They eventually will not be able to compete with the alternative sources of energy, or they will, their supply will de be depleted. That's a few years down the road, but it's still coming. And to invest our money in an energy source that is not going to be around long and that causes pollution and health problems does not seem the way to really go. And I encourage you council members to vote no on this issue. We need to use our funds to promote wind, solar, and other alternative sources of energy. That's our future. Thank you. Thank you. S Susan Posse. Thank you very much for listening to us. Um, I know it's hard being city council members and trying to balance all the needs of um, the different people that are depending on you. Um, I'm a homeowner, I'm a business owner, and I'm a lifelong resident of Norfolk, and I'm asking you to get serious about renewable energy and vote no on the Southside Connector Project, which would eventually be carrying gas from the Atlantic Coast Pipeline. Studies show that fracked gas demand is flat, that we don't need these pipelines, that we're putting our drinking water at risk of becoming like Flint, Michigan, of having our property values plummet accordingly, and of doing our part to accelerate sea level and condemn our city to a watery grave unless we use our power to stop these pipelines. Dominion's proposed lease would not be enough to cover monitoring, let alone remediation in the highly likely event of a spill. All pipelines leak eventually, and even without a leak, the anti-corrosive and biocide chemicals used to keep the pipelines from decaying will make their way into our water table and they will poison us. Norfolk has re recently become a city that attracts millennials, that has rebranded itself as hip with the Neon District and has stood up for doing the right thing by joining the Conference of Mayors and upholding our commitments to the Paris Accords. We put all that in serious danger if we allow these pipeline projects. All the promises of jobs are overblown. The estimates are only per 40 permanent jobs, whereas we could create thousands of new jobs through investment in wind and solar. The only ones who stand to gain from the ACP and the Southside Connector Project are Dominion. Any vote for the pipelines will be supporting their interests over those of your constituents. Please uphold your oaths of office and vote against the ACP and the Southside Connector Projects. Thank you very much. Thank you. <coughs> those are all the speakers. Um, Frida, would you come up, try to maybe take questions as we uh, go through the, to make sure that All right, Ms. Uh, first, uh, Andrea. I have a question. Um, you showed a map earlier of uh, some of the existing lines, including one that looks like it goes over the waterway. I think you said it was in 2010 or 2011? Yes. And that looks like it came in through Larchmont ODU area, is that yes, correct? Yes, it did. Okay. Was there any problem with that? None. Has there been any problem since then? No. Okay. Um, I just There's a lot of commentary about um, concerns about going through Berkeley and I completely appreciate that and I think one of the comments made that this would never happen in other areas of Norfolk and, it, I'm and just, that's just not true. Okay. Do we have existing pipelines and lines throughout the city of Norfolk? Yes we do. And have we had any problems with those? None. It, does this relate to the Atlantic Coast Pipeline? No. This is a connector. It's connecting to existing line in Chesapeake and that's where it ends. Would it be used if the Atlantic Coast Pipeline were Dr. built? Lubman. Sorry. I'm sorry. Would it be used if the Atlantic Coast Pipeline were built? That, I'm not sure if it would be used, but right, what they are proposing to do is to connect. Hey, let me get you some help. Virginia Natural Gas, can you answer that question? If the Atlantic Coast Pipeline is not built, we would, we would continue to build this line. It's that important to the infrastructure of our system. If the Atlantic Coast Pipeline is built, we would become a customer of Atlantic Coast Pipe. It would be another source of gas. 
And I'd also like to point out that if that happens, we would be able to retire a 60-year-old propane plant that um, currently stores 3 million gallons of liquid propane in above-ground tanks. Um, so that source of gas would, uh, you know, help us get rid of a, um, you know, a, a, a larger a source of a more problematic source of gas. So. I have another question. Andrew. Is this because of the redundancy? It's, it's sort of a loop-like? Can you reverse the flow depending on where it's coming from and to? How does that work? Yes, and that, that's kind of the point of the project is that um, by having a loop connector between our two sources of supply, if we were to have an upstream uh, interruption on either one of those pipelines coming in, we'd be able to reverse that flow either direction to make up for that deficiency. Okay. Mr. Spiegel. Uh, there's been some statements that have been made about the um, amount of gas customers have um, basically flattened. Um, but I'm not hearing that uh, from developers and from other people that that's actually becoming more of a request in new developments because of um, gas over electricity. So I, I'm just curious. I'm, and I know there's been, right now, there's a major project in my ward to uh, improve gas pipelines along Little Creek Road that's providing gas to my constituents. So um, I, I'm just... I don't know about that that figure. I'm just, I keep we keep on hearing I can that. Speak to some recent developments, just from my experience and knowledge of a couple of new apartment buildings that have gone up in Norfolk. 450 Bush Street has gas. The Rockefeller Two Phase Two has Virginia Natural Gas. Um, Blue Rain, 401 Granby Street, um, Captain's Landing, and Ocean View. All the new developments are utilizing gas. And I know a few years ago when we were pursuing um, the brewery, they were going to use natural gas to power the facility instead of electricity. Mrs. Johnson. Uh, thank you, Frida. You're the best. <laughs> Ms. Frida, in your report earlier um, downstairs, you mentioned the importance of the connector and what it would mean, I think you were talking about, coming from the north to Norfolk, the importance of that connector, and should the gas be turned off, what impact it would have on Norfolk. I know I'm not putting it in the same words that you put it, yes. but could you fully explain because that, Because they please? can't reverse now, because it's not connected and, and there's no redundancy, if in the event something were to happen, um, Norfolk would not have gas because there's no way to bring it from the south side because there's nothing connecting the south side. All right, Mr. Riddick. Yeah. If this is voted down, um, is there an alternative that they can, you know, go forth anyway? As if they, as they said last week with Virginia Natural Gas, they could condemn us and just go on anyway. I guess I'll ask Bernard that. Uh, y yes, Virginia Natural Gas. Uh, it is a utility that has the right of condemnation. Mm -hmm. um, I believe they also have a franchise agreement mm -hmm. that would permit them some rights in our streets. Mm -hmm. uh, so this 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 is this would be the same way. Uh, um, th th this it would be through our. Th this is similar to the powers that would be available uh, for the Atlantic Coast pipeline. The uh, pipeline that came in into Larchmont that traveled through the city and went to Salter Street. That was exclusively in the right-of-way, and it was a permitted project. Um, this project would be forced into the right-of-way. There'd be some redesign, and um, we'd have to close Park Avenue for four to six months so that the pipeline could be put in Park Avenue. We'd close a lane on Tidewater Drive, which is, you all know how busy that gets. So this there, there's some, some impacts to traffic and um, We'd have to figure out something for the tides when April arrived because they wouldn't be done. Okay. My only concern is that when we, well, not only concern, but um, with regard to shutting down Park Avenue, um, that we find as many ways possible as possible to notify residents around that area that are using Park Avenue to get to and from work and to get to, to 
cross over Park Avenue to get to Brambleton to the interstate mm -hmm. um, because that is a major inconvenience. But um, we just, I, I would, I just want us to make sure that people don't just wake up one day and can't use Park Avenue for six months and nobody told them anything. No, well, what this what this easement does, it eliminates the, the requirement to close Park Avenue. Okay. The easement runs okay. along Park Avenue on okay. city property adjacent to light rail. Okay, okay, all right, thank you. Okay. All right, go to the clerk. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves. I do want to thank everybody that came down here. Um, I listened to all of your arguments and, and um, appreciate you taking your time to um, come down and to participate in the process. Um, we may not agree on this one, but I do appreciate your time and your effort and your energy. I vote aye. Ms. Johnson. I would just like to say thank you as well for coming down. Um, going through the process, I learned a great deal from you. Um, and we do have to make some hard decisions with our constituents, but most of all with the citizens in mind, not so much our constituents who we are destined to serve, but to the citizens as a whole. Um, and I vote aye. Ms. McClellan. Well, as you can imagine, um, I know a lot of the folks here in the audience, and if they know me, this is a really tough decision. Um, I am, uh, I've been beating the drum on greenhouse gas emissions and getting an inventory for the city of Norfolk and moving forward with our climate action plan and a big proponent of renewable and um, a green energy uh, and sustainable building practices. I've done a lot of research on this. I've, done, I've asked a lot of questions. Um, I was very concerned with the project presented last week. I think this one is remarkably different. And I, um, one of the arguments that was made to all of us um, repeatedly against the Atlantic Coast Pipeline was the need uh, or lack of demand for uh, new infrastructure and that we should be supporting what current infrastructure there is. And I believe that this one does that. Um, I, that said, um, I'm going to vote in favor of this, but I'm going to continue to hold the feet, our, uh, our city manager's feet to the fire on the issue of greenhouse gas emissions and the fact that we need to continue to, to push for renewable energy and we need to uh, put our money where our mouth is and as a city and for our city buildings we need to include more renewables in what we're doing um, and uh, we need to come up with our climate action plan so I vote aye. Mr. Riddick? You know I have never considered myself an environmentalist but last week and this week <clears throat> the passion with which uh, the opponents of these uh, projects um, have has really, you know, kind of opened my eyes a little bit. And, uh, you know, although this will probably pass, I just really um, am awakened. And I look at what's happening, you know, out in the West and places like that. And so I'm going to vote no. Mr. Smigel? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Um, this is a tough, tough one. Um, I think that everyone who's come here today, thank you very much for coming, and, and your points are well taken. Um, we, as a people, and certainly the state needs to step up and start supporting alternative energy sources. Um, and so I'd, I'd like to see not only uh, your energy, but also uh, the council's energy pushed towards our uh, state elected officials uh, to pressure them to support uh, solar and wind. Uh, which I think we so sorely, sorely need, uh, but I vote aye. Dr. Wibley? Um, you know, for, I realize which way the votes are going to go, but I have to tell you, if not now, when? And I am very struck by the thought that um, was voiced uh, last week, and that is that at some point we have to demand that our resources are not being put toward um, unsustainable energy and we just need to take the hard stand and I'm sorry that the street would need to be closed but it's going to be closed for a lot longer than four months if we continue flooding and uh, facilitating flooding with greenhouse gas emissions so I'm going to vote no. Mr. Alexander. Uh, let me just join the council in thanking all of you for your participation certainly you have strengthened uh, our resolve uh, to push for uh, better 
uh, and best practices as it relates to renewables and um, having a mayor's task force uh, and advisory uh, council um, on climate. I'm asking Dr. Wibley and Andrea to, to chair that commission. We'll be populating that commission very soon. Um, but I'm going to vote aye uh, because I can't imagine uh, not having natural gas for uh, for our citizens. Uh, so, Mr. Clerk, uh, I vote aye. Yes, sir. PH. I'm sorry, R2. Uh, R2 is an ordinance approving a Fifth Amendment to a lease agreement with Janeth Office Building LLC for the city's lease of premises located at 5900 East Virginia Beach Boulevard in Janeth Office Building. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R3. An ordinance to repeal one subsection of Section 25-653 and to amend and reordain Sections 25-651, 653, and 654 of the Norfolk City Code 1979 so as to add one new U-turn prohibition, 10 new yield intersections, and 15 new stop intersections. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt Ms. Graves. Aye. Ms. Johnson. Aye. Ms. McClellan. Aye. Mr. Riddick. Aye. Mr. Smeagle. Um, I don't know if there's anybody, or Richard's here. Richard, you don't have to get up, but at some point, are yield signs obsolete is my question. Do they work? So you're saying they do. I'm just surprised to see yield signs back on here. So I'm just, I, I thought we were moving away from yield signs, but it doesn't matter. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R4. An ordinance to amend and reordain the Code of the City of Norfolk 1979 is amended so as to add a new section, number 25-8, to authorize the library director to establish fees for the use of library facilities. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R5. An ordinance approving a right of entry permitting Virginia Natural Gas to go upon and use certain city-owned property located at 140 Park Avenue, 610 May Avenue, 930 East Virginia Beach Boulevard, and the intersection of Holt Street and Tidewater Drive for the construction, installation, maintenance, repair, replacement, operation, and or removal of natural gas lines. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? No. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? We have a lot of Virginia gas things. Oh, is this the same? This, this is the same one that they explained Same thing? Mm -hmm. This is allowed them to get in and do the work. All right, no. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Uh, Mr. Clark, do you have anything That's to add? R6, okay. Um, R6 is an ordinance authorizing the acquisition of a certain parcel of property at 800 Lexington Street for the sum of $342,800, approving the terms and conditions of the purchase and sale agreement, and authorizing the expenditure of a sum of up to $355,000 from funds heretofore appropriated for acquisition of the property and all related transactional costs. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. I do have one additional item, yes, Mr. Mr. President. Clark. And it is a resolution, it is numbered R7, and it is a resolution appointing two persons to the Norfolk Redevelopment and Housing Authority for certain terms. Adopt the resolution, Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. That's all I have, Mr. Mayor. Mr. Pishko, you have anything? I do not. Mr. Manager, you have anything? I do not. All right, new business, Mr. Henry Henson. Chief Henson. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, evening, members Chief. of Council. I'm retired police chief of Norfolk, uh, Hank Henson. I live at 1823 Longdale Drive, Norfolk 23518. And I'm here today to support the city retirees, especially the police retirees, in their request for a cost of living allowance. Not for myself, but for those other city and police retirees who have served the citizens of Norfolk loyally for many years. And now, much of their retirement pay has cost, has lost a lot of value due to inflation, while other retirees of the state and other cities receive regular cost of living allowances. Many of our good men and women find themselves barely able 
to eke out a living now. I urge you to find a way to honor their request. Thank you, Chief. Good to see you. Chuck Flowers. Before we start the clock, Mr. Mayor, could I uh, have everybody that's here to support the uh, our proposal stand? Please, all stand, yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Mayor Alexander, members of City Council, my name is Chuck Flowers. I reside at 1327 Laurel Crescent, Norfolk, Virginia. I'm a lifelong Norfolk resident. I have served the uh, citizens of Norfolk for 30 years in my capacity as a Norfolk Police Sergeant, uh, retiring in 2005. I'm the president of the Retired City Employees Association of Norfolk. I'm sorry, and I'm here on their behalf to discuss the uh, retiree cost of living adjustment or COLA issue. During my career, the city provided a COLA 23 of my 30 years. My expectation was after retirement, they would continue to provide an ad hoc COLA, but this has not occurred. Our last COLA for retirees was eight years ago in fiscal year 2010. I'm here tonight to address our association's recommendation with respect to a retiree COLA for the upcoming fiscal year 2019. Simply stated, we again recommend a 2.5% COLA effective July 1, 2018, uh, with a corresponding change in the city code that will provide an annual automatic COLA of 66 and two-thirds percent of the previous year's consumer price index, which would all go into effect July of 2019. We also support keeping the retirement trust fund fully funded Additionally, we believe the granting of bonuses or supplements to any arbitrary group of employees is wrong. Such uh, action by council creates different classes of retirees with an annual case of winners and losers, those that got it and those that don't. It's counterproductive in the eyes of the association members. We believe strongly that any funding for retirees cover all retirees and should be in the form of a COLA. I request for an independent and professional study of the Norfolk retirement system made prior to the start of the fiscal year was an attempt to assist you with respect to the COLA issue. Although that hasn't happened, we still believe all stakeholders have something to gain from an in-depth study by a full service consulting firm. Obviously, the likelihood of the study being conducted for the fiscal year is remote, but should not be discarded. Because of council's reluctance to offer any COLA for the past eight years, we now found it necessary to inform city employees and other of Norfolk's current retirement system uh, shortfalls. Clearly the shortfall will have an ever increasing harmful impact, impact on the city's ability to compete in the regional labor market. To that end, the pamphlet you have been provided was produced by our association in our initial attempt to so inform others impacted by the lack of COLAs. If the information in this pamphlet appears familiar, it is because most of it has been previously briefed to council members during our past year's meetings. In closing, on behalf of all city retirees, I urge you to fund our 3.5% COLA request and adopt a plan for the future by codifying the 66 and two thirds of the previous year's CPIU for future COLAs as provided by BRS. Thank you. Thank you. Steve Marnan. Good evening, council members. I'm Steve Merman, 6032 Prince Avenue in Norfolk, lifelong resident. I am here on behalf of the Fraternal Order Police Associate Lodge, where I serve as their president. I'm also president of Lake Taylor Civic League in Norfolk, representing over 500 homes. I support the two speakers before me regarding the retirees and the COLA benefits and submit to each of you that a failure to uh, enact a COLA at this point is nothing different than a reduction in pay for these uh, well-deserving people. These people served our city well for years and years. They gave to our city, and they're only asking to keep up with the uh, rate of inflation. For that, I stand here and ask for that today. Thank you. Uh, Danny Legan. Mr. Manager, um, just quickly. Yes, excuse me, Danny. Suspend yeah. for a minute, Mr. Manager. When you're going out and doing your budget meetings, are you discussing anything with the colas and the retirees not necessarily discussing it although we've had we invited uh, them to come to uh, where's greg the last budget meeting was what date uh, a week and a half ago last wednesday yeah so we, we've encouraged them to come and be part of that conversation 
and then we'll we'll have a during one of your budget vignettes. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this topic coming forward. Mr. Smeagol, also I will add uh, the auditor John Sanderlin has been in conversation with some of you. I know uh, he is tasked with conducting or spearheading the study. Um, and if you have not uh, heard from uh, Mr. Sanderlin, feel free to give give his office a call. But he has been tasked with. Uh, facilitating and convening the study. Uh, so as we promise you that we would undertake a study and that study is on the way. I know that some of you have been in contact with him, um, but others should certainly reach out to him. Mr. Yes, Mr. Johnson. The question. How many retiree groups do we have here tonight? Are you all just from one? Are there many um, different retiree entities here tonight? We actually have one of Tracy Flowers is president of the Retirees Association. Okay. We're just here to support him. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Thank y'all. Um, Mr. Jarman, James Jarman. No, you got Mr. Danny. I'm sorry, Danny. I suspended you. Come back, Danny. I'm sorry. <laughs> Danny, I, I, fou why. I fouled you away, Danny. <laughs> You're back. Come on back. My name is Danny Lee again. Uh, I reside at 3844 Dare Circle. Uh, you know why I've been here, because I've been here for 10 years. Uh, but uh, I think that in the spirit of the holidays coming up, uh, instead of uh, explaining uh, what I expect, uh, I would instead take the time to wish all of you and your families uh, a very uh, happy and joyous Thanksgiving, and this goes for everybody uh, behind me because I think we can all get together and work and make this a city of one. Thank you. Now, um, Mr. Jarman, James Jarman. Good afternoon, Council. Good afternoon. Um, the gas companies is a hard act to follow, <laughs> but uh, I uh, am James Jarman Jr. I reside at 5503 Barn Hollow Road in the Poplar Hall section of Norfolk. Lifetime resident, live, work, and play here. Uh, of course, you know this is my son, the third James Jarman Jr. Uh, I am currently uh, on the Southside Task Force the Southside PTA and uh, school boards planning and training task force uh, to represent the Southside. Uh, I heard the Southside mentioned as far as gas today, but the good part, I didn't come to ask for any money. I didn't come to complain. Uh, I kind of came to just ask for some consideration and that when we make some of the decisions we make, we make them with 180 uh, peripheral vision. Uh, my son attends the Southside Academy at Campus Stella, and it opened with much fanfare and that type of thing. Uh, working in the housing market for the last 30 years, uh, I'd never understood how all of these different pieces affected a single community until probably two or three years ago. And I'm forced to uh, be reminded of a television commercial when we look at them and they offer a pill for a, a symptom such as a restless leg. And when you read the side effects on the pill, they worse than the, <laughs> the original uh, confliction. So with that said, uh, the analogy I would offer you is you have high blood pressure, you take a pill. Uh, in our case, Norfolk is a land poor uh, region and council is charged with trying to get economic development and uh, uh, the projects as we used to call them have to go and make way for uh, uh, more uh, economic uh, sanctioned and developed uh, areas. Downtown is prime real estate, and I realized that. We develop subsidized income such as bail diamonds, 
in Southside, and we developed uh, the Claremont uh, subsidized living in condos and apartments. And it's all a good idea. It's kind of like the pill for high blood pressure, and then the doctor prescribes a pill, sorry, for sugar diabetes. But what has happened is we have, in effect, taken care of those remedies, created a 2017 um, segregated school at the South Side, unbeknownst to us. And I would ask that we, while we cannot drive forward, looking in the rearview mirror, that we look copiously at the left and right side as we make decisions that perpetuate that. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. John. <coughs> So uh, on behalf of the entire city council, let me wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you right after uh, the Thanksgiving holiday season. We're thankful for all of you.